Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and today we are talking all about event budgets. This is definitely for you if you are involved in events in any capacity. We are bringing it back to the basics this week, and we are just so surprised that we haven't yet talked about event budgeting. So there's lots of exciting things to come. You're definitely going to want to tune into this conversation. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. And welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. But before we jump into today's discussion, which I am, I mean, we're always excited. I feel like I'm stoked. Event budgets. Budgets are my jam. So this is going to be a great, great one. But first, Mary, our conversation starter of the week is if a rich uncle or aunt suddenly gave you a million dollars, what would you do first? I would be the person who's like, well, can I do multiple things first? Like you'd ask for more wishes from the genie, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I'd be that person. It's logical. But um, yeah, I, if, if I suddenly got a million dollars, I would probably invest some in my business. I'd go do something fun and then I would save some of it. And then I, I should say, and I would do something to help people. <laughs> Okay, that's like the long-term spending plan. The question was just, what's the first thing you're going to do? First thing, freak out. Say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this million dollars? Pay taxes. Save money for taxes. There you go. There you go. What about you? (laughs) Uh, First thing I would do is tell no one. Tell no one? No one would know. Because you don't want people to know that you're now a millionaire. No one would know. Yeah. Because then I could do whatever else that I wanted with it. Sneaky. I feel like that's the number one tip they tell you when you win the lottery is tell no one. (laughs) That's, that is interesting. Well, now I'm offended because maybe can you at least like, let me know. That would be great. I'll 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 notice if you start pouring millions into the podcast that that means something, everybody. So yeah, Logan strategy group will become the title sponsor of the podcast. That's how, you know, I've gotten a million dollars. Yeah, no, I think in all seriousness, I probably would also do something fun with it. I'd go on a trip. And then be responsible. But like first thing would be like, ooh, we're going to celebrate this. Awesome. Well, that was a fun um, conversation starter. And then as you all know, we just kind of go into why we chose this topic before we dive in. So today we are talking about event budgets, as Logan said. And so this topic is something that we are once again kind of surprised that we haven't talked about this yet because it's a key step of the event process. And it has been on our list actually for quite some time. So it has been on our mind. We knew we we've known that we've wanted to talk about it. Um, and then a few months ago, we actually did a call for content suggestions. And then we got an email from one of our listeners, Armando, who expressed interest in this topic on budgeting. And it was just perfect timing. And he kind of um, put that fire under us to actually do an episode because we since we had been meaning to so. Armando, this one is for you and anyone else who would value hearing a discussion about event budgets. 
Yeah, I think um, this is really much we've geared. This is a 101. So we're going to kind of dive into talking about when do you use a budget? If you get hired and your client doesn't have a budget, why is it important? What's How do you even create it? What are some items you might forget in your budget? So um, very much all-encompassing. If you are a seasoned event pro or just beginning, I think there's going to be some nuggets in here for you. And if you're even an event host or an event vendor, I think it's always just interesting to make sure this is top of mind for you because while everything we do with events is not money related, it can really be a deal breaker if you don't have enough budget or you run out of money or you spend too much money. So, um, but it's always a great thing if you make lots of money, if that's one of your goals. So we're going to jump into it. And I feel like we can start out, Mary, with talking about what an event budget even is. Always How would you define event budget? Um, I would say an event budget is a specific list of parameters that you have in regards to exactly what you're going to plan to spend money on. And um, not only spend money, but also your revenue, which justifies those expenses. So maybe I just made it confusing, but it's a list of how you're going to make money and a list of how you're going to spend money. That's what an event budget is to me. What about you, Logan? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, for one, I don't know if everyone always thinks that it should be a budget should have both your revenue or your funding for your event, so the how you're getting the money in, and also listing out all of your expenses, so all the things that you are paying for money out. I think some people put one of those together and then forget about the latter. Um, but yeah, it's often uh, on a lovely spreadsheet I love a good spreadsheet for my run of shows. You guys might know that, but um, it's all listed out in one place. And you can use budgeting tool like software. Some people use like QuickBooks because it plays nicely with your company finances. But no matter what, you really do need to have it written down and then track it based on what you actually spend. So we always encourage folks to have a budget before they even start talking about having an event, start making a budget. And then during your event, like as your event planning process and your event wraps up, you need to track against that budget. So it's all estimates, pie in the sky. We're pretending we know what stuff's going to cost. But if you've run an event, I'm sure you understand that things happen. Things are over budget. Some things are under budget. And I know we're already jumping into tips. But for me, it's just that's one of the biggest things as a planner or producer when I get brought in. If the client doesn't have a couple years of budgets on hand, like on record, to be able to show where the money went for their event, it's really hard for me to help them optimize it or change it because there's no record to go back on and see, oh, this worked or this didn't. Because there is like general framework for guidelines for creating a budget that we can talk about. But again, it's so specific to your organization, your audience, your goals for your event. I know there's some clients who honestly do just want to spend money on an event. They have zero intention of making money example would be a corporate internal company event. They just know it's going to be, we're going to spend $200,000 or $2 million or $2,000. And they're not trying to charge a single dollar to their employees. So again, there's, there's general frameworks, but it's not always the same for everybody. So Mary, why do you think budgets are so important? Event budgets are so important. I mean, uh, many reasons that I think that they're super important because they keep you on on track and they set expectations it's just as in life you know we should have a budget and it's the same with an event and especially because a lot of events are known for being experiences experiences cost money and so when you think of the glitz and glam of an event 
it's easy to kind of let that take over. Um, and then it's easy to just frankly to, to spend too much. And so I think that's the main reason why I believe event budgets are so important. They help you stay on track just like any of your other goals or your North Star does. The budget goes kind of hand in hand with that. And so it's hard. You kind of were saying, Logan, earlier, um, it's, you know, one of the first things you do and it's challenging as an event professional when you get hired and you don't have a say in that budget. I, I, I do like sometimes when I can kind of give feedback on the budget based on like, well, in reality, this is actually going to cost this much or we're actually going to need these people to make this happen and that's not listed. So I enjoy being part of that process. Um, I don't know about you, Logan, but it does seem like in most cases when I'm brought on an event, that budget's already established, which is sometimes challenging. Yeah, and I will, sorry, just a caveat. I will apologize to listeners. One of my neighbors appears to be doing some woodworking. So if you hear weird sounds in my audio, that is that's my neighbors. They're installing something right now as we record the podcast. But yeah, I think it is so important to have, you were talking about Mary, like the second set of eyes on it, because like we said, there's no template for it. But like, I feel like going into the importance of a budget, my only thing would be you just have to have it. <laughs> and then it can evolve and change over time. And you can, it's a living document. Um, but it's often hard if you just don't have anything formally written down. Um, I know my process for how I like to do things is I often, if you were like, Logan, what's the budget for this event? If that client didn't come to me with a, a total number or budget for my part of the project, I always work backwards. So I like to list out, and I guess this kind of takes us into our how do you even create an event budget question would be, I always work backwards. So I would line item out every single thing I think I'm going to need in terms of like expenses, people, venue costs, food, you name it, just list it all out. And mainly, I think people forget about what I found in some clients' list is miscellaneous, which is not helpful for you unless you can really list out what miscellaneous means. It could mean food. It could mean parking costs. List it all out. Write some estimated numbers at it on it and then total that up. And that's your total budget or your total expenses for putting on this event. And then you got to figure out if your event is revenue-driven, how many tickets you need to sell, sponsorships, or if that just aligns with what you want. Um, but back to our other episode too about the North Star. This is where it's helpful to have an event North Star of what you want to achieve with your event and then making sure you have the budget to fit that. And you might need to adjust your budget to hit that North Star. You might have to adjust your North Star based on what your budget is. But you really, it's like, you can't do one without the other. You know, we all can dream about doing an unlimited budget event, but everything costs something. So it's just really helpful to start listing out everything you think you need and then you can figure out what you can afford. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you kind of transitioned us into how we create that budget. And so one thing that I like to do is um, also noting kind of at the, the bottom of it, like the the ROI for the event. So like with those projections of revenue and expenses, how much is it going to cost to raise a dollar? And that's, you know, like in a, an equation that you can put in there, how much does it cost to raise a dollar? And so you'll see as it figures itself out, it might be like 50 cents or something like that. And um, that's something that's great to know. Regardless of your goals, I would say it's just really helpful to know, especially if your event goals change over time, like in future years. But yes, it does still go back to the goals of your event. And perhaps you can justify a kind of worse, if you will, ROI because you're trying to just get people there or something like that. And maybe the return on investment isn't as important as far as revenue goes. But um, yeah, that's something that I like to include on the budgets. And then as far as, um, you know, you mentioned some line items like miscellaneous can kind of be like a hairy one. So definitely 
beware of that one. Something else too, though, is um, like, like thank you gifts. I think those are afterthoughts because people don't forget how they're going to thank anybody who's involved in the event in whatever capacity, maybe their speaker, volunteer, whomever. And you can definitely think of that ahead of time and put it as part of the budget because those can definitely add up. So that's a line item that I feel like usually gets forgotten that and um, like shipping. If you're going to have to ship something to anybody, shipping can really, really add up. Um, and then printing is usually on a budget, but I would say I'd be surprised. Some people are surprised at how costly printing can sometimes be. Um, so those are some line items that were kind of popping out to me. Yeah, for me, other things that I think get forgotten, uh, crew meals, if they're just forgetting to count your vendors or anybody uh, virtual or in person. I love when a virtual folks sent you some food or something, but counting them in with your total attendee count, that usually gets forgotten. Um, another one would be uh, if you're selling tickets for your event, accounting for ticket uh, processing fees. So if you're Absolutely. someone that's using yeah. credit cards or things like that, like again, based on the volume of your event that can really add up for you. Um, and it's usually like a percentage or Mary and I've worked with some like online fundraising platforms that take 3% of all donations. And so it's just good to kind of factor all of those things in because the goal of this is to give you the most accurate projection of what your event's going to cost. And then if you, again, if your structure is you need to be able to balance it with the revenue, um, that's always just really helpful to kind of lay out um, and then my last one is sometimes uh, comms, community, you know, walkie talkies for your event team or if you're virtual, that kind of stuff. It doesn't always cost a lot of money, but it can add up depending on the size of your event. So wanting to make sure that you have some of, of that accounted for in your budget. Um, so, Mary, when do you utilize an event budget? Like in a certain scenario, do you make the budget? Do you usually use a client budget for overall event budgets? I am usually in the scenario where I'm brought on and they already have a budget in place, which I mentioned was sort of challenging at times, but then you just kind of work with it. Um, so, uh, but when I, when I'm utilizing it, um, for the most part, I would say there are, as part of being a planner, something I'm trying to dive into a little bit more is actually planning and creating events. And so like also getting hired, but as a second part is actually creating an event. Um, and that is a fun opportunity because I can own other parts of the process, which includes creating that event budget. And so as I've kind of gone that in that scenario, I've been able to take advantage of creating a budget. And I will say that it is budgets can sometimes be hard, especially when you're creating something from scratch. So I think this might be a question that some listeners have is you're hearing this, but you're like, okay, great. So I make this budget, there's expenses, there's revenue, it notes ROI. But like, how much is it? Are these things actually going to cost? And that's difficult to figure out sometimes, especially now that we're coming back from the pandemic, coming back to in-person events. It is sort of challenging to price out some of these items that we haven't had to price out in some time. Prices change, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say a key part of this is to get quotes, do demos, do research and figure out how much things are costing, do market research. And you can do that by asking people just by having conversations with potential vendors, you're going to have to put the work in to figure out how much this event's going to cost. And I would suggest doing some of that pre-work, hypothetical planning while you're creating your budget or else it's not, you know, if you're just pulling a number out of the air, that's only going to be so helpful. There's stuff that you could do to at least kind of narrow it down a little bit. So um, that's what I try to do when I create event budgets in that scenario 
is really figure out those exact numbers. Um, what about you, Logan? Anything else you want to add about how utilize, you utilize event budgets and in, in what scenarios? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you that often I will get given a budget or I – um, if I'm working at like some larger agency work I've done, I have put together a production budget and then get getting the client to sign off on it. And then I have to manage the day to day because, and that's why I just want to keep emphasizing. Cause I think some people like forget about the budget that it is just, it is like one of your tools that on a weekly basis you are going back and checking against because so much of it, of keeping your event on track to be on budget is managing. Like a lot of it is like if you estimated hours or time for people, or uh, how many tables you had at your event, and all of a sudden that increases. Oop, that probably that's going to have a budget implication, you know. And one of my favorite tips is if you're utilizing kind of Excel or Google Docs or some kind of framework for your budget, is having like a notes feature in there. And I use that kind of as a stream of consciousness for the actuals, so I can remind myself when I look back of like, oh, I be, you know my like Mary is saying, don't just make up numbers, but sometimes. I've been in situations where I've had to make up a number just to have something in there because I wasn't hired for the event yet. And once I was hired, I was then going to actually take all the time to go to the meetings and, you know, meet with vendors and things. So I put an estimate, but I would put my thinking in there of like, this is based on what I knew from a vendor I worked with last year. And so that when the clients, like, if that ever happens, it's just kind of covering my butt. Cause then when I'm working with clients, they're like, whoa, why is this, you know, $2,000 more than budget? And I say, oh, prices have gone up from last year to this year because I used that number that was based on last year. And I'm also very transparent if a client's ever asking me for a budget where I'm covering other, you know, estimating other services. It's all like estimated as of the time of this proposal or something so that by the time, you know, it's coming around, I'm not necessarily getting held exactly to those numbers. But I like live and die my event budgets. I feel like when I work with nonprofits, so much of the ROI and the, the event North Star is to raise money. And how do you do that? You're trying to drive up donations and you're trying to control your expenses. And so... And I, I just feel like in that specific scenario, some nonprofits forget that and they just want to throw the biggest and most amazing event possible. And regardless of some of the charges or as they get closer to, they panic and they want to make sure it's good and they start spending things they don't need to spend money on. Um, and if that happens to you and you're someone's like that, like, wow, look at my event was $20,000 more than I thought it should be. Make sure you take notes of like, what was it? So that next year you can plan for it and then move your goal farther to get more sponsorships. Or maybe you make your ticket price more, you know, there's ways to work, but um, the only way to do it wrong, I would say, is just thinking it's like a tool to get you started and then do your whole event planning process and never go back to it. So I'm constantly in my event budgets. I think that's a really key point that you made is to, to track your expenses, not only to like have, you know, just do what you need to do financially, but also so that in the following year, you can have a more accurate budget, which is really going to help. So I think that's a key tip and trick that you just laid down. Um, and when you're talking about nonprofit events, it's I definitely have been told a, a couple times that I'm super budget conscious, which I'm going to take as a win. I'm going to say that that's a good thing. Um, thank you so much. Yes. And it's because that's how it is. It's just, uh, yeah, it feels like pinching pennies sometimes, but also leaves um, some room for creativity. So when we're talking through scenarios, I was thinking, um, like I've worked with clients, small nonprofits, they hire me and then they say, okay, all we have left for the event at all for anything is $5,000. I'm like, great. Okay, so what are the most important line items that we have to have to make this event possible? And then we'll see where we have room for other things. And so if that's something that 
it's helpful for you, Logan. I was thinking we could talk through some of like the, the big, like we talked through different line items, but what are like the main things that you should really focus on if you truly have such a limited budget? And I would say that those are, you know, the key components that you require to make your event possible. So a venue or a location, like a, a an event platform or venue, where is the event happening? That's probably the biggest one because you need to have a place for the event. And then I would say probably the second one then is, um, well, the second one, because it's one of the most expensive is food. Like, are you going to feed people? And if so, in what capacity? Um, so those I would say are my top two. And then soon after that comes, what about the, the content of the event? Is it all free content? Do you need to pay a speaker? Is there going to be entertainment? Um, and then right there, I feel like you have kind of the solid bits of an event, but obviously there's so much more, but what are your thoughts on that, Logan? Yeah, I think just like zooming out for both also like hybrid virtual, I would say, yeah, the venue could be one or tech, like you're saying the platform and then Two, food and beverage definitely applies to in-person. That's really going to be just the most expensive. But I think for three, I would just also – I use this tip with friends who are getting married. I always say just pick three things, and that's what you're going to spend a lot of money on, and the rest of it's just nice to have because there's so many things you could have. Um, and that third one, I would just identifying whatever – like a key partner for you. So if it's like a virtual event and it really relies on the live stream being good, let's make sure your production team's up there in terms of – budget. Or like Mary said, if it's really important that you have like a really cool speaker that's like a headliner and you're going to have to spend a lot of money on them, that's what you spend money on. Or maybe it's an appreciation event and you really want the attendees to feel special. It's about giving them a gift or a swag or something that they're getting when they go. Like, or the decor is really important. Like you, it, it differs per your event goals and that like event North Star, I feel like for that third item. But I'm with you, Mary. I think there's ways. Just identify a few that are aligned with your goals. And then from there, you can kind of make those decisions as they come. Um, I will say as a pro tip, I have found some uh, clients tend to be a little bit more, have more, uh, be more strict with their budget at the start of the project. And then as we get closer to sometimes have more wiggle room and approve things that they'd said no to <laughs> earlier on. And so that's just something as an event professional. Um, I know we have an event, uh, we have another episode coming out that's talking about our event proposals, but where it's really helpful to showcase that you can take on more because I have seen that shift over time and people don't know what they need until they need it. So it's always helpful. And that's again, why that event budget can be helpful for tracking so that you can also keep track of if you got a higher quote for more tables or more people for food and beverage. And all of a sudden, yep, you sold more tickets and you need that quote, like making sure you kept it and didn't just throw it out because you decided you thought you were going to have less folks. Um, it's just very important. Yeah. And if you're a, you know, like a corporate planner and you have like an amazing budget to work with, just take a moment <laughs> to appreciate how lucky you are. You all are lucky ducks. Let me just say that right now. But then along with that, what's the spider? Is it Spider-Man with great Mm -mm, comes great responsibility. What's that quote? Y'all are probably rolling. Great power comes great, great responsibility. Comes great responsibility. So uh, a bigger event budget also requires a lot of responsibility. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. But anyway, shout out to the corporate planners out there. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I always say it's two, two, two sides to the coin, right? That's like, you know, mm -hmm. you always want the big budget, but I think there's also a lot of cool stuff you can do really, you know, with smaller ones. Or I like to say more efficient budgets. That's like a better buzzword sometimes than a small budget or a low budget um, event. But I would say, Mary, you and I are probably cut from the same cloth where we are both uh, 
budget conscious. And I think it really, again, goes back to that event North Star episode where I know I get really passionate about making sure we have intentional spending. And that is intentional spending, whether it's $100 or it's $100,000. To me, it does not matter. I mean, the 100000 makes my head spin a little bit more. But like making sure there's there's a reason why you're spending the money that you're spending on an event. Because I think event budgets can get so out of hand, just like Again, a wedding is a good example, um, but any of them where you can quickly get sucked into the shoulds, and we also have an episode on that that might help you too if you're thinking about your budgets, um, that you get so hooked on the shoulds, you lose track of what's really important and you end up spending money on things you don't necessarily need to be spending money on or aren't super noticeable for the attendee experience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Definitely. It's such a key component. Um, so hopefully this isn't overwhelming to you, but just you know, take take little tidbits and see how you can improve your event budgets in whatever capacity that you happen to be involved in them. There's always room for improvement. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and before we wrap up, I do have, and we'll put it in the show notes, um, I do have a template for uh, virtual events. I have a budget template. It is not free, but you can <laughs> download it and utilize it for your next virtual event if you would like. Um, we'll link it there. Uh, it's a tool that I use all the time that kind of just lists out all the potential things you might think you need for your virtual event, and then you can delete and remove things that don't apply to your specific one. But it's a great jumping off point, as Mary said, if you're more visual. Yeah, and one other um, kind of tidbit thing that I, I want to throw in here too is before we end is just I, I just was thinking of a scenario in case this is helpful for anyone. I was um, with a colleague and we were working on a budget and um, we couldn't figure out if this event made sense to happen. And it was really actually a huge struggle. We really were struggling with figuring out if it made sense. And so um, that's just one other plug I wanted to put in for budgets is if this is a newer event, that is probably one of the number one questions you should be asking yourself as you're form formulating this is if the event should even happen financially. Um, so in your budgets, it's also good to consider how many people do you need to attend to make this event worth it if that's, you know, how the goals are aligning for that event. And, you know, make put that in a spreadsheet, like do the formula and figure out how many, like, do you need 500 people to break even? That's important to know. So I just wanted to quickly plug that as well. Yeah, I think ROI and yeah, your break even point, if that's something mm -hmm. that you need is, is, a, is, so crucial because I also think that drives tickets. How much you're charging, yes. how yeah, many people you need. You know, it's it's a it's math that is a sliding scale, but you need to figure that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, very good point, Mary. Anything else on event? I know this was like event budgets 101. Please send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com with more specific follow-ups. I feel like already, Mary, we have way more we could dive into this, but this is just a taste for folks uh, about just things they need to think about when making event budgets or working with them. Yeah. Absolutely. We could talk for, for a while, but hopefully this was helpful for you. Like Logan said, feel free to reach out. But before we end, it is time for our bonus tip, which Logan has today. Yeah. So this bonus tip is a plugin for your Gmail. Unfortunately, Outlook users and Apple users, I'm not sure if it applies to you, but it's been blowing my mind. It's called Boomerang. It's a free plugin. And what it does is it allows you to, boot like a boomerang, send emails back out into the ether and have them reappear in your inbox at a certain time. And the thing I love about this is there's a big heavy culture on like inbox zero and, you know, getting through all your emails and things like that. And I recently utilized this feature when I had a really busy event a couple of weeks uh, working on site for events. And I had some emails that came in that I knew I wanted to get back to, but weren't burning urgent requests. And I also know myself and know that it's sitting in my inbox would probably stress me out more. 
So what I did is I boomeranged it to come back, you know, a week later when I knew I would my event would be a lot slower or my week would be slower and I'd have time. And it was just, it was awesome. And I'm finding myself doing that now with even like articles or newsletters that I know I want to read and like my day's hectic. I'll just boomerang it to arrive next week. So called boomerang for Gmail and we'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Great tip. I'm going to have to try that because I just put them in a folder that says follow up. <laughs> and that works too. Them. Well, I think I'm going to try boomerang though. It sounds maybe a little takes, takes I, it, puts it into the internet world and they take care of it and remind me. Yeah. So I have like, also done it when someone I've reached out to someone for networking and I just haven't had to do this recently, but I forgot uh, saying, Hey, can you reach out to me in a month? You know, something that's yeah. far enough out that I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to remember to do that. And so you can boomerang it to come back into your inbox at a uh, certain date. So then you then respond. Love it. Awesome. Great tip today. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn at Better Events Pod, or you can send us an email, like we said, at bettereventspod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. And we will be back with you again next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.